Hello, everybody. Welcome back. And thank you so much for joining me for another season of Talking Each Other Home. So this episode is episode one of season two. And I'm so excited to be doing another season of this because the more that I do it, the more clear I get on my vision for this podcast and the more clear I get on who and what I want to be talking about. And so Talking to Each Other Home is a place where we can come and have candid, authentic conversations about all things spirit. And so my goal with my vision with this podcast is to interview people, have genuine conversations that will tell stories and share wisdom and maybe share little bits and pieces that we can take with us to enlighten and empower our journey as we walk with and talk each other home. And so I am your host, Danny, and I'm so happy to have you with us. Joining me today, I have Glenn Vergie. He lives in Canada. I met him a couple years ago when I was in a business class, actually, and our friendship just snowballed and we continued to communicate. And finally, today is the day that we got to record a podcast together. And it's been really cool to be, um, you know, in Glenn's journey because I've got to see the pivots that he's taken in business and in spirituality. And so we talk a lot about this today. And so I'm really excited for you to listen to this podcast because I think Glenn is speaking and has lived and gone through things that so many people out there have gone through. In fact, when we were recording the episode, I was like, oh my goodness, I need to send this to this person and this person and this person, because it's really about listening and becoming aware and thinking, am I happy? in what I'm doing for a career? And is there something missing in life? Even though I may have all the things I want, I have the family, I have the house, I have the business, I have all these things, but there's still a hole. There's still a little void going on. And for me, that's people searching for spirituality. And so we talk about Glenn's journey through both of those pivots in life and where he is now and who he's serving and kind of the the constitution and the vibration that he shows up with every day now. And so I'm really excited to bring this episode to you because I think it really speaks to so many people out there. And so I hope you enjoyed this episode. I loved recording it. It's so cool to see friendships come full circle. And now we get to share our wisdom and lessons with um, people out there in the world. So anyway, enjoy the episode. Thank you for listening. Thank you for joining us for another season and um, I'll see you on the next episode. And just before we get into the episode, I want to tell you a little bit about Conscious Champion because it's been a little while since I talked about it. Um, so I concluded Conscious Kids. That went incredible. If you have a child between the ages of like eight and 13, somewhere in that range, give or take a year or two, um, please let me know. I would love to have them join me for the next Conscious Kids and maybe even come to the kids camp that is going to be going on this summer. Um, I've also had, and this is to maybe some coaches out there or people who are involved with different middle schools and high schools. I had the opportunity two weeks ago to go work with a high school girls basketball team. And we worked on meditation, visualization, a little bit of mindset stuff, a pregame ritual, and we pulled cards and it was like a whole ceremony. So we were able to work on mindset and spirituality. So I basically brought conscious champion, what I built in the course to the high school level, to the high school teams to help them work on mindset and their connection to each other um, and their vision and their why. And so it's been really sweet. So if you're out there and you have a high school team that you want me to even talk to or zoom to, I would be more than happy to connect with them. And if you've ever wanted to get involved in my courses, um, I'm really excited about this next course that's coming out at that's launching at the end of January, early February. It's a spirituality course. 
It's called You, Me, and the Universe. And there's three pillars to it. The first pillar is your relationship to yourself because spirituality is internal just as if not more than it is external. So it's first your relationship to yourself and then your relationship to others and then your relationship to God, the universe at large. And so there'll be a lot of study going within self-awareness, self-discovery. And then there'll be also, I have master teachers coming in from all different traditions um, to come and teach about the external world and spirituality and what we can learn to worship and devote ourselves to. And so for me, spirituality is both. It's an internal job and it's an external job. And then eventually you realize it's all the same anyway. It's all you anyway. Um, But sometimes to get to that place, you have to explore all the things and of course, how you relate to others. So that's what's going on. If you have any interest in any of these things, conscious kids, um, conscious champion on the road or you, me and the universe, please let me know. I would love to connect with you, set up a call, plug you into the courses, whatever you want. <laughs> let me know. Email me at Danny at Danny and we'll just take it from there. All right. Enjoy the episode. Peace. Glenn, welcome to the show, Talking Each Other Home. It's so nice to have you with me today. And actually, today is the very first episode in season two. So it's kind of a big deal. And I'm so happy that you're the one that I'm doing this with. Um, we've been friends for a couple of years now. Is that is that right? Yeah. Years? Wow, that's really cool. I think so. Yep. So, and we've got to connect over so many things, coaching, athletics, spirituality, um, chakras, all kinds of cool stuff. And even your puppy and like, so it's been kind of cool to be on this, this little journey with you for the last couple of years. And of course my dog walks by. It's okay. We're just free form here. Um, so Glenn living in Canada, Virgie's your last name. And I just learned a little something new about you. Can we just talk about that real quick and how your journey of becoming mm-hmm. really? Yes. Uh, my birth mother was in the U S army stationed in Germany. And she gave birth to me, put me up for adoption. I was adopted by Canadians, ironically, and I've been I've lived in Canada most of my life. Uh, but uh, their last name is Virgie, which is Scottish. So I have I have a mixed bag of 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 origins going on, which is okay. It's okay. It's awesome. I am mm. so fascinated by that. I love the mixed bag. I'm kind of a I'm kind of a mixed bag too, as far as where my lineage comes from. And it's all it's all different, which I kind of like. Um, kind of like my dogs. They're like, you know, little mutts and they're just super special and sweet the way they are. Um, so I have so many questions for you, and I don't even really know where to start. Um, but the thing that's most present right now for me is your journey with business. Maybe we'll start there. And I kind of want to know what got you into coaching with kids? And I just, I'm going to preface this with, I just got back from doing a high school girls basketball team bonding weekend with them. I had a couple hours each day and, you know, I pulled out my ceremony stuff. We pulled cards, we meditated, we visualized, we did all of this cool stuff. Um, So that's something that's really in my, you know, consciousness right now is how can I work with maybe high school teams and do stuff like this with them. So I'm curious, like how you got into working with youth athletes first. Okay. It's a long story. So I'll make it as short as I can. (laughs) Um, I grew up an athlete right out of the gate, started playing sports at a young age, got into football, not like European football, but real like American football and loved it. Uh, but I was injured a ton, but I was fast. So I got recruited by a track coach. And so track took me um, 
took me to that next level where I was, I was able to compete internationally. Um, I got a scholarship to Bowling Green in Ohio, but then injured myself at the end of my first year, lost my scholarship, had to come back to Canada where it's cheaper to go to university. And then I finished up my track career up here, but the coach I had um, studied and um, was mentored by quite a few of the world's best track coaches at the time. And they were all living in the States. And he said to me, you know, look, you're never going to make that breakthrough. Um, why don't you use the skills and talents you have that we've taught you and start nurturing and coaching other kids to get there? Because sometimes the best coaches aren't the best athletes that made it. It was the people that almost had that breakthrough, mm. but didn't. And so what really got me started was when I realized I had to retire from track because I couldn't live anymore, uh, you know, working odd jobs, I had to become a professional in the industry. And so I thought to myself, what better way to get started than because I already had my kinesiology degree and I knew I had the education part down, but I knew I didn't want to sit in a cubicle or sit in front of a computer and analyze data um, in, in, a, in, a, in a lab. So I'm like, I'm just going to work with people straight up. And that's how my career got started was working with football and baseball players and helping them get faster so they could perform better um, on the field. And that's kind of how, and I, I did that for 23, the last 23, the last 24 years. Mm, wow. So that was a really long chapter in your life. And then you ended up having your own gym out of that and right. And athletes would come and see you there. Yeah. It, it transitioned into me working at a lot of other gyms, being a freelancer, being a contractor. And then finally I had a, through the advice of a business coach, he basically said, you know, you've got to establish your own brand. You got to have your own space. So I signed a 10 year lease with a, a place. And uh, unfortunately just due to COVID, it was really hard for gyms to become profitable and stay open. So when my lease was up, I said enough, let's move on. Um, financially it was a horrible struggle and, um, a lot of stress. And so I, I, I was already in the mindset of transitioning to become a health coach. And one thing I've learned from another coach years ago is he, he said to me through college, he said, Glenn, you can only really do two things. You can only really master two things at once. And he said, right now you got several on your plate. That's why you're not winning at any of them. He said, you're focusing on school, you're focusing on track, you're focusing on getting stronger, you're focusing on women, you're focusing on eating. And he goes, you're not doing any of them really well. And he goes, just pick two. So at the time, I chose school and track, and I let everything else go. Uh, and so I started to excel and get better at just those two things. So um, the reason why I'm sharing that with you is I tried health coaching at the same time of running a brick and mortar for youth athletes and having six trainers and eight renters and none of it was working. So finally, when I was able to let my lease go, I was literally just a few months ago, October 31st, literally overnight, I woke up and I had this, this energy and this refreshed sense of life mm -hmm. because I knew that the, the stress and the, the weight of that was gone and I could put all my energy into helping busy parents and middle-aged uh, adults with health. And that's kind of where we're at now. Mm, so good. Thank you for that whole journey. 
Um, and what a big pivot to do. I was there a process and maybe I know you said you started health coaching. Sometimes we have to grieve like an old identity that we have to let go. We have to almost have to like shed skins. Was there a part of you that was sort of sad to let that go? Or were you kind of ready to make the pivot and like really try something else? Yes and no. Yeah. Um, I went through milestones and achievements when I had my gym and I was training athletes. Like at first I wanted to get my first kid a scholarship to NCAA and that happened early on. And then my next goal was, okay, I want to work with a professional athlete. And then that happened. And then I wanted to work with an Olympian and that happened. And so once I checked off a lot of these boxes, um, then I did, then I just became a business owner. I no longer became a strength coach or a trainer working with people. I became an operator and a manager sitting behind a desk all day. And that became very old very quickly. And that's not what I wanted to do when I got into this industry. Um, and so it, it really distracted me from what I really wanted to do, even though I had to fulfill those responsibilities and I had to continue doing what I was doing. I wasn't enjoying it. Um, so to answer your question, once I hit those milestones with the athletes that I really wanted to work with, I was sort of living an empty shell. Like I didn't have any fulfillment or joy within the journey. Mm. And so now that I'm actually physically able to work with adults now, basically through a screen, it's the same thing as me training a young kid in the gym to help get drafted or help get a scholarship. Um, Cause I'm, I'm physically helping people. I'm not just, you know, running it, running a business, if that makes sense. So mm-hmm. I did my morning years ago. Um, like I, I was so happy to turn the page that I didn't really have them. I, I was, I was done the grieving stage of transformation. Mm, okay, good. Yeah. I had a feeling. Um, and so what I noticed too, is that you had a vision training the pro athlete, training the Olympians. So there was sort of a vision and something to shoot for now that you're doing health coaching and you said busy parents and middle-aged people, what's your vision? Maybe it's for them individually or for your business. What is the sort of big picture? Well, the vision I have is five people every single month that I can help, that I can be intimate with in terms of their journey. Because I think when you're dealing with dozens and dozens of people, you don't have time to, to connect with people individually. And so I want to, I only want to work with a small amount of dedicated people that are really wanting to change themselves. Like they're committed. They're not just interested, like they're committed to wanting to change and grow and they're tired of feeling tired. They're tired of how they look and feel. Mm-hmm. And they're ready to say, okay, you know what? I used to be an athlete. I remember the grind and the hustle to get myself through high school sports or through college sports or pro sports. And, and they're willing to put in that work and that grind, that dedication again to fix their body, fix their mind, fix their spirit, um, and get back to the way they used to be in terms of how they perceive themselves and how they feel about themselves. Awesome. Okay, great. Very fulfilling from the get go. You know, it's like, it it doesn't even need to be some big grandiose vision. It's like moment to moment with this person. Are you helping them with their mind, body and spirit? Glenn, it's so good. So awesome. Um, And now I also, I also remember that you had a transition uh, when we started talking a little while ago about energy and spirit and what is all of this stuff and where do I even start? You're like, I know. So I'm curious, like, what was the, was there a point, like a breaking point where you're like, okay, something needs to be done internally. Like it's a spirit thing. What was that like? And like, what questions were you asking the universe? Like, bring me, was it like peace or was it more light? What was going through your head? 
You know, um, I remember asking you a lot of questions um, because I didn't have any answers. I just had questions and I knew there was a higher spirit or I knew there was a God or I knew there was, you know, the ultimate universe and I, I wasn't connecting with it. I wasn't connected with it. And so I knew there was more than just what I was doing. Um, I really didn't feel I was serving anyone or helping anyone to the extent that I wanted. And I, and I, I had a lot of Christian friends that were very biblical and they were often saying to me, okay, these think these feelings you're having and all these questions you have, it's the Holy spirit trying to awaken you. And even though at the time I didn't think I didn't give, I didn't put much thought or credence into that because I'm like, oh, whatever, you know, um, just Bible thumpers trying to preach to me, trying to get me to convert. Um, so I, I put it off for years. Mm -hmm. And then finally, through your help and the help of some of my other Christian friends that weren't pushy, that were very patient with me, um, they just, just basically I had one friend give me a very beginner's interpretation of the Bible. And he said, even if you just read a page a day, he said, five minutes a day, just start, read, get yourself connected with spirit, get yourself connected with God, create a relationship with Jesus. Mm. And eventually the answers will come to you. And it probably took me six or seven months before I really felt like, okay, I'm committing myself to Jesus. He's the Lord and savior. Um, but I was a rookie. I was a beginner. I really didn't know what I was doing. I still don't. Um, but being a born again, Christian, I think has really given me clarity because I want to live my life the way that the Bible tells you to like to serve others, to help others. And I feel I'm able to do that and provide for my family with health coaching because I didn't feel I had that before. Like, I just felt like I was like a hamster on a treadmill with my gym and I wasn't, I wasn't happy. I wasn't serving people. Yeah. I didn't really have a connection with anyone. And I think that having like, one thing too, and maybe this will come with time as my relationship gets deeper and better, but I, I've had a lot of Christian people reach out to me through my family and friends and through social media. And a lot of them have had uh, moments where they have felt the Holy Spirit speak to them or, or, or they, they, they've had a relationship with God. And I haven't had any of those experiences yet. And so I don't really know if I'm on the right track from doing the right things. But I think time will tell, and I'm very encouraged that I'm on this journey. So I don't know if that answers your question, but. Um... It's perfect. It's perfect. Okay. And now thinking about even the things with the Holy Spirit. So I'm very curious. For a while, I pushed away Christianity, too. I, I had to go to CCD when I was little, and I didn't understand it. And I didn't understand God for a couple of years there. I was like, I don't even want to say the word because I. I don't think it is what I've been told and I don't really want to, I don't understand it. And then now I'm starting to come back and my husband's dad or his family, but his dad really is a devout, I mean, can gout Christian. And he can like, he actually got me a Bible. Cause when he was here, I grilled him. I was like, what is consciousness to you? What is the Holy spirit? What do you believe in reincarnation? I was just like, you know, all of my curiosity and my questions. And he's actually had experiences like what you're talking about, where he feel felt the presence of the Holy spirit. And it wasn't just an intellectual understanding. Okay. This makes sense. We should be good humans. We should love and serve. It wasn't just community. It was like, Oh no, I felt 
this presence. And I think there was even a moment where they laid hands on one of their kids and like helped him. He was choking and suffocating and like it helped in, or something. So I don't know all the, all the ends announced, but that's something that's totally, I've heard of that too. And I, I think you're on the right path. And maybe the point that needs to unlock is like that, that is a real experience. Like, I believe that that can happen period. And that can happen to me. So maybe there's just a blossoming and unlocking that needs to happen. And then it will get there. Do you have any stories like from your friends that they've said that they've experienced? Oh yeah. Um, (laughs) I I have one friend in particular that, um, shouldn't be with us Mm. and he firmly believes that, uh, God or the Holy spirit intervened and saved his life. Um, when he was going down a really wrong path and, essentially he could have been in a really bad car wreck with a train. Like that's how, like it would have been over in seconds. And um, he said that something, he felt this presence stop the car and he did. And what he wasn't, he wasn't paying attention because he was under the influence and he would have driven right across the train tracks as the train was coming. And so he, he said he wouldn't be with us to this day. And so he often has told me stories of, he will often, he's got, he's got six children and he, he has a very good at home discipleship with them. And he's told me numerous stories of how he's, how the Holy spirit has intervened in his life. Um, And at some point, maybe I I would love to experience that as well, but I'm not going to stress about it. I think that God has a path for me and maybe it's maybe I'm awake now and I'm alert and I'm studying scripture to help my children or to help my wife or to help other people that I'm in contact with. I don't know. Yes. Um, time will tell all of it, all of mm-hmm. it. And even, even your coaching clients, they may never know that you study the scripture, right? But when you come up, when you show up on the screen with them, you're coming as that vibration, somebody who's studying and who's devoted and who's like really looking for this higher power and this higher cosmic intelligence. So even if they never know what you do, you come even to the people at the gas station and the grocery store that, you know, that's when we really get to, and you'll notice, I don't know if you've ever noticed this, but people will like look at you, like they'll see you in a crowd and like lock eyes with you for a second. And then it'll just be like an experience. And they're like, I don't know that it happens to me sometimes, but I, I feel like it's because of what I study and it's just radiating, you know, they're like, Whoa, that was very light. So that's probably, has that started happening to you at all? Not recently, Not recently. but years ago when I was before I had my gym, when I was in a much better headspace, because I was actually physically training people back then. And I was enjoying the journey. I was at a, a personal development conference and a thousand people in the room. And there was one exercise where they got you to pair up with someone who you hadn't met yet at this seminar. And this woman came up to me afterwards and she said, I really enjoyed your energy. I think that the spirit is strong within you. And at the time I wasn't religious. I wasn't Christian. I had no idea. I wasn't a believer. So I had no idea what she was talking about. And then the very next day I had someone else tell me, you know, I'm really impressed with your energy. Now I had no idea what they were talking about. Cause I I'm, I'm a very introverted, non-social small talk type person. So I had no idea what they were talking about. Um, you know, my wife, very similar to you, outgoing, social, very giving, very nurturing. I'm not that. Uh, and so, well, I'm not, I wouldn't say zero, but not very much compared to you and her. 
And so when people said that to me out of the blue, obviously there must be something within me that gives off that energy or that positive vibe, even though I don't feel like I have it, like I can sense it from you. Um, and maybe that that's why over these years we've stayed connected because the positive energy and the nurturing that you give people, it's attractive. And so you're attracting people that maybe need that. And, and because I'm not naturally like that, maybe I needed that. And that's the, some of the same reasons why I've hired some of the coaches and gurus over the years is because they have that positive energy and they're always helping. And um, I think people that are lacking that in their lives, they're attracted to those types of people to want to be around. And so maybe I have had it. Um, I just didn't know how to channel it. I don't know. You just didn't know mm -hmm. how bright you are. And it's, I think too, like the law of vibration, um, like, like energy attracts like energy. So even though you don't see it in yourself, we're talking right now and we have been for the last couple of years. So there's something that we're on the same wavelength about. Mm -hmm. And I love when people say, I I'm just, I just saw your energy and I'm just attracted. That's like the best compliment that anybody could ever give is being noticing your energy and saying the spirit is strong within you that would just knock me right over like i that's almost like somebody like obi-wan kenobi coming up to me and saying the force is strong within this one i would be like life made that's it i i can go home now um and i started to notice that when i was bodybuilding and everyone would always say oh you have great proportions great genetics great biceps and then something happened and people used to say I love your energy on stage. Oh, you have the best energy in your videos. And I'm like, oh, I don't even care about my biceps anymore. Like it, something flipped. And then I started to hear that compliment. And then that one meant more to me than any kind of body compliment. I'm like, I don't even care. Mm -hmm. And then I really started to not care and just quit. Um, <laughs> we went all full energy. Um, but I think balancing the two is, is really where it's at. Anyway, tangent, but. No, I, I love that. That's great. <laughs> Because I think that shows your authenticity. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, authentic. And you said something about the climb I wanted to mention because I think it was so powerful about, and really we're, we're contrasting almost before something happened and then after something happened. So you were saying before, you know, you became awake or became connected to these different people, you were sort of really trying to get to the destination all the time. It was all about the destination and not so much about the journey. You said you even hated the journey. You just wanted to pitch a tent and just hang out there. So, and now you're starting to enjoy it. So I just, I kind of want to um, compare the two and like, what, what changed? I had my very first business coach back in 2011 or 12 say to me, Glenn, you're always thinking about what you will do when you have something. He goes, you're not being, he goes, so he would always repeat, be, have, do, be, have, do to me all the time. And he would always say, okay, you have a goal this year to have a hundred thousand dollar profit in your business. That's great. But you can't wait to be happy until then. He goes, you have to be that man. You want to be now. You want to be that person now. And I, I, I understood it, but I couldn't apply it mm. until like these last few months, I think things are finally clicking where I can be that person I want to be. I don't need to have that result to have it happen. Like I believe it's going to happen. I know it's going to happen. And so probably for the last 10 years, I have struggled with that. Um, you know, how do I be happy without thinking about, oh, I haven't hit that result yet, or I haven't helped this many athletes get recruited yet. Like it was always a number. It was always a, 
I have to achieve a result because um, I'm very results driven. But I think now my mindset is different around that. Um, like I don't need those extrinsic things to make me happy anymore. I need, well, I have my family and I have my faith. And so I feel that um, because those things are stronger now than they were 10 years ago, I don't feel I need the benefit of, okay, wow, I just made a hundred thousand dollars profit this year. And now I can go buy a new car or go on a vacation. I don't need those things to be happy. Even though I thought I did, mm-hmm. I, I realize now I don't need that. So many people think they need those things to be happy. And mm-hmm. I think too, coming from an athletic background, we're taught when you cross the finish line first, then you win. Like we're mm-hmm. taught when you reach, when you win, okay, that's good. External validation. Then you get the thing. Um, So me personally, also, I had to unwind that belief that internal validation is better than external validation because the trophies go away. Somebody's always going to beat you. Mm -hmm. And then what? Then who are you? So it's interesting. You discovering spirit and Mm -hmm. your inner who you really are. And then maybe the validation is looking a little different these days. Yeah. For, For the longest time, as I, because I was searching for answers, I was big into personal development. And I wouldn't say that it's less important now, but now I spend more time reading and under, trying to understand scripture and having a relationship with Jesus. And so for me, I don't really want to pick an, up another self-help book. Self-help book. I want to understand more about a, 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 a passage in Matthew or John. And I know that might sound odd, but I was never someone that did really well in English. Like I didn't understand Shakespeare. I didn't understand a lot of Latin things. And so for me, when I read the Bible, it kind of sounds like Shakespeare. I don't quite get it yet, but I think the more that I read it and the more I pray on it and the more I ask God to help me understand it, I I think that to me is more important now than picking up another self-help book. Um, Because I think my confidence is higher than it's ever been. Um, my passion to help people is higher than it's ever been. And I've done less personal development in the last two years than I've ever done since I started, which is strange. I love that. Something I've been, and it's like the spirit, right? So for me, the mental is here, the body's here. So if you, but spirit's kind of up here, right? Like the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. So in my mind, the way, when we start focusing on spirit, the mindset starts to click into place. The body starts to click into place because you really, when you're up here observing yourself thinking, you're like, okay, I probably shouldn't. You catch yourself in your patterns versus trying to fix the patterns from this space. Why don't we come above and have a little bit of a higher goal? And then everything else kind of below that will start to fall into place. So I love that. I kind of, I had a, I had a similar epiphany and that makes me happy that you did too. And you're understanding the scriptures, which is understanding yourself you know, Jesus is a part of us. The Buddha is a reflection of us in our most enlightened state. They give us a map to being. So as you go to understand the scriptures, you're understanding you more. Mm-hmm. That's just so beautiful. <laughs> you know, all I care about too, by the way, like, you know, it's funny you say that I've had many people tell me over the years from a life coach to spiritual leaders, even friends that, you know, you've got to love yourself. And I didn't have a lot of that. Um, and I, I couldn't figure out why, right? I just, I resented where I was at or I was never happy with my strength in the gym or my body composition in the gym or I was never happy with the results at work or business. 
And I never really tr truly learned to just value me. Uh, and I think I'm the last couple of months, it's made me realize, okay, this is where I'm at now and I'm okay with it. I'm happy with it. I'm learning to love what's going on and not just other things around me. Mm. And getting to the destination. So like right now you're just hanging out with yourself in the journey and it's great no matter where, mm -hmm. no matter how many times you go around that mountain and how many people you stop and see on the way, it's like, it's all good. Cause I'm me and it's just, I'm here to be and whatever I do is great. And for me, that's what spirituality I think starts to give people is that sense of themselves and self-love was tough for me for a while too. I think because of the athlete thing, it's like, if you lose, mm -hmm. you are not loved by, you know, the fans and whatever, it just creates this kind of thing. Um, but when I started to look at everybody as a soul and I'm like, I love this person because they're a soul, not romantically, but I love you. And, oh, I'm that too. Mm -hmm. So I must love me. And then things mm -hmm. started to kind of like shift for me a little bit. So similar journey. I'm so glad I'm prying right now. <laughs> you know, you, you asked me earlier about, you know, did I shed the skin and, and to move on from my gym? And part of it was a little bit of what you just said. Um, like a lot of the disdain I had for it was the anger I had because I wasn't feeling fulfilled. Mm. And so when I realized that now I can do what I want to do, um, I didn't miss that, if that made sense. Like I was so angry and so depressed and so stressed that as soon as all that went away, it's not that I hated the gym. It's that it's just that I, I, I wasn't, I wasn't learning to love me in that situation. And now that I've figured that out, I, I wouldn't want to go back to it, but I'm, I think I may, I'm in a better place where I can serve people now mm. than the way I serve people as a gym owner, if that makes sense. Yes, definitely. And even having the word service in your repertoire of words and how you uh, built, do business as a service, um, not just necessarily an energy exchange or trying to make money. It comes from a different place inside of you now. So I, I like the word, I like that you're saying serve people. Um, and sometimes we have to strip everything that we know about ourselves away to find out who we really are. So mm -hmm. seems like perfect timing. Like the gym thing kind of was like close that, that book closed, you discovered spirit and your community of people there. Um, so what was that journey like too? Cause you and I were talking, we talked about chakras, opening the heart stuff, and then it kind of snowballed into like this beautiful community that you have around you. Well, I don't want to go off into a different rabbit hole away from the purpose of us chatting, but I think a lot of it is what ha is what's happened in the world the last three years. Uh -huh. um, I, I, regardless of, of how I feel on political issues and government issues and stuff, something inside me didn't feel right. Right. Like something in my brain and my heart was like, okay, this isn't right. Um, something doesn't feel right about what's happening. Like how come some people are deemed essential and some people aren't anymore? And how come it's okay to do this, but you can't do that. And so the moral part of me started to ask questions yeah. and the people I was asking questions to were people that were 
already had a relationship with God and Jesus. And so they were already like, it's, again, I don't want to go off onto a tangent, but they, they were firmly in the belief that it was good versus evil, right? Yeah, yeah. It wasn't left versus right for government, or it wasn't um, jabbed versus unjabbed or whatever, mask versus unmask. It was good versus evil. And once I adopted that mindset, I was completely awoken. Yeah. Like I was like, once I accepted that maybe this is a spiritual war, I was like, okay, wow. And then I started reading and researching and listening to all these different people that were validating that. And so once I re once I became a born again Christian and I realized, okay, wow, this is a spiritual war. I have to do everything I can to protect good and not let evil prevail. I, I think that's when I really understood what my journey in life was about. Mm. If that makes sense. Because before I was so asleep and not just asleep in a literal sense, I was asleep spiritually. Um, like even though I was baptized Catholic and I grew up going to church because my dad was in the army, we moved every four years. And so every time we moved different schools, different churches. And, and so the one move we made, I think I was 12, we hadn't found a church in our new community um, and we just stopped going. And I sort of lost that connection. Um, and so for many years, I from, from age 12 to age 46, I really had no direction, like no spiritual direction. Even though I sensed there was more to life and I maybe I was yearning for that connection, I didn't know where to look or I didn't know what questions to ask. So that's kind of how how this journey started i think for me i think I, I think there was always that little bit of a spirit inside of me you know that, that that little that little uh flame going in the bottom of the furnace i think it was always there i just didn't know how to ignite it and how to get it going yeah mm, so awesome such a beautiful even visual i have right now it's almost like the pilot light like the little pilot that's always lit but mm. you just have to get the thermostat to kick it on and then yeah. And once it's almost like once you bring awareness to it, once you look at it and you say, okay, and then it's like, here I am. And then here mm -hmm. are the people that are going to help you understand in the way that you're going to understand best and something that's really going to resonate. Um, I'm curious kind of about the good versus evil thing. I haven't, ha I haven't heard that depiction with like everything that was happening with COVID and stuff like that. Is there like a brief thing you could tell me about that? Oh boy. Okay. <laughs> um, yes and no. Okay. Um, okay. He, <laughs> There's a woman in North Texas that I follow. Her name's Amy Stever. I don't know if you've met her or, or heard about her, but um, she's phenomenal, by the way, very spiritual. But she's also, the first time I heard her being interviewed was back in, I want to say, June or July. And her, her, her whole description of good versus evil was when a baby is born, it's at its most pure, most innocent. It's most connected to God and the spirit mm. and the way she, and I, I may, I'm hoping I'm not butchering this, but the way that I interpreted her talk about it was that Satan's whole entire plan was to harm the children as quickly as possible to get them out of that connection with God. Okay. And so I'm a big believer that the evil forces that are going on in the world are here to attack the kids. Okay. And once I started going down that rabbit hole of human trafficking, child trafficking, all that stuff that makes me sick to think about, 
um, it really made me aware of all the other evil atrocities going on in the world um, that aren't from a political standpoint or a governmental standpoint. It was just evil, good versus evil. And there's, I think there's evil entities in every arm of government, every political party. It's just a matter of how can I deal with that, but still put God first and foremost, because if we are most connected to God right when we're a baby and we lose that connect, that connection is always there. But I think if a, a child is harmed physically, mentally, in any way, that hurts God. Mm-hmm. And that's the interpretation I got from Amy when she was talking about it way back in the summer. And from that moment on, I, it made me realize, um, at least from my, the way I believe things are going, is that until we save the children, our world is still going to be the way it is. Mm. I love it. And then that, again, that's just my thoughts, my opinions. Um, That's that's just what I think. That's a really good way to look at it. Um, And I have, I have an analogy that clicked into place one day with me about like the, the connection that you're talking about. And then life happens to us. So I picture this, we're all a fluorescent light bulb when we're born inside standing up this way. And that's our connection to the universe. That's our authentic self where that's our Jesus, you know, our Christ consciousness and Buddha nature is that fluorescent bulb. And then stuff happens. Like you said, they get abused. The parents fight, you know, all these different things, life stuff, they get bullied at school. Um, And then that's like clay getting caked onto the fluorescent light bulb little by little, they don't even know what's happening. And then it's happening. And then they get awoken to spirit or something like that. And then it's about like, chipping that away. Okay. Let's go to the inner child. Let's chip that away that year away. Okay. You got bullied. Oh, your parents did this. And then, you know, after the chipping happens, we become our fluorescent bulb again with no clay. So for me, that's what it reminds me of. And going towards spirit as you start to purify, because you want to know where your impurities are and what's keeping you muddy. You know, some people don't even know that there's a light bulb. Some people don't even know that there's mud and that's I guess the difference between being awake and asleep is that. I really like that analogy. I haven't heard it described like that before, but I think that might be why it's easier for the devil or Satan or Lucifer, whatever interchangeable name you want to use to get into the minds of people when there's so much clay that they can't shine because then they're, they're less connected with spirit. So I like that analogy. They forget you know, people forget. That's why I have the tattoo. Remember on my wrist. Um, because for me, it's love, serve, remember, love, all serve, all remember God. And really, if you remember, then love and service come pretty effortlessly. Mm -hmm. But I think too, yeah, it's like people forget that they're connected and they forget their divinity. Um, because they, I think somebody said, we come to this world with amnesia, you know, we forget. So that's, that's been something that's like floating around in my space right now, but I'm curious, like what were some of the big, aha moments or did anything happen when your friends were talking to you or reading the scriptures that you were like oh that and whether it be about jesus i'm really curious about jesus these days i think he spent some time over in india actually i found this really cool book in an airbnb i stayed in that said jesus the yogi and i was like i knew it (laughs) so i'm just curious if there were any like big ahas that you can share with people who are curious myself included You know what? I don't really know if I have any ahas. Um, I'm just thinking because it's only it's only been like a year and a half. Um, 
early on, uh, my Christian friends that don't live near me, they're on the coast. They've been, you know, born Christian, grew up in the church, you know, Christian household. And they started talking to me about Revelation and how the end of the world is near and how we're all going to get to that point where Jesus will come back and he will, um, for, for a lack of a better word, destroy those that weren't pure and that didn't repent. And that got me thinking, uh, I mean, we're all born sinners uh, and that's why he gave himself up. But I think what I interpreted that when they were trying to describe revelation to me was that I have to get myself right. Like I have to start living right. I have to um, create that relationship with Jesus and let him know that I will start living righteously the way that the Bible intended. And at the time, even though I thought I was, a lot of the junk that was going on was up here for me. Um, I didn't feel like I was helping humanity, if that makes sense. Even though I wasn't an evil guy, I think sometimes evil prevails when good people do nothing. And I was that guy that was sitting on the fence doing nothing. Mm -hmm. Like Even though I wasn't hurting anyone intentionally, I wasn't helping people intentionally. And I think that's what shifted in me is how do I help intentionally now, not just sit and wait for bad things to happen and then try and pick up the pieces. Oof. That's an awesome aha. Little message to everybody out there who's a good person, not really doing anything, you know, consciously to help. It feels so good. Even when we give mm -hmm. a homeless person a dollar, who cares what they go do with it? You gave, and that's really what it, you know, and that's like a very small level, but maybe I don't know if you have any messages or words of wisdom for people out there who are um, good people and they don't know what to do to intentionally help anybody. What could they do? I don't, and I don't even know if you have an answer for that, but if anything comes to mind. Well, I follow Ed Brower. I listen to his podcast every day and they're, they're in central Florida cool. and he has a very, very, good spiritual background and spiritual upbringing and every day on his show he talks about the blood of jesus and he talks about praying like he prays for people non-stop all day long and i didn't really understand that when i started um like my journey 18 months ago but one thing that i do i do do now as i as i pray for people that i think about or people that come into my life like if i think they're going through a challenge or a struggle i will stop and do a three second prayer for them. Or if I have more time, maybe a 30 second prayer for them. Um, whether it's in my car, whether I'm sitting at home, whether I'm going for a walk. I mean, if I feel the need, like if I see someone in distress, I'll pray for them. I might not even know them. Um, like I, I have Sirius XM radio in my car and I listen to the message all the time. And oftentimes the, the DJ will come on and say, Hey, so-and-so is going through a struggle. Please pray for them. Like I'll, I find myself praying for people I don't even know. And I think that can help. And I don't know, maybe I'm, maybe, maybe that's not the answer, but I, I believe that when you pray, it's different energy, Yes. right? It's, it's, it's different. Um, the way Ted Brower talks about it on his podcast is it's scalar energy and that it stops the evil vibrations from flowing. Yeah. And so 
anything that I can do to slow down the evil and allow the good to expand is like, I'm all for that. Mm. I love that answer because everybody can do it right now. You don't even have to go work at a homeless shelter or go help puppies like (laughs) puppies. I don't know where that came from, but you can just pray for people. And even that energy of giving, you're giving your time, you're giving your energy, you're giving intention. Um, I think even just that act will help not only the person receiving the prayer, but the person praying Mm -hmm. too. Oh God, that's so good. Thank you for that answer. Great. Um, let's see. I don't know. I, how are you doing on time? I'm good for time. Can can I just elaborate a little bit on what we just finished talking about? Please. I think part of the reason, and I don't want to get too personal here, but part of the reason why I think for me, this last 18 months has been a huge positive transformation for me is for most of my adult life, I've always dwelled on the negative or the bad things. Like if someone wronged me or if a business deal went south or if some client screwed me over and didn't pay me after I trained their kid for three months, I would dwell on that anger. Like I would dwell on that person and I would never forgive them and I would wish them harm. And I think just letting go of all that has allowed me to grow. And so even though for years, decades, I, I was bombarded with hate and anger and like destruction in my head. I never physically went out and did anything, but just the fact I would think about harm to other people. And now that I'm, I I don't think about any of that anymore. I just let it go. I've forgiven all those people that have wronged me and hurt me. And now that I'm trying to pray for people I don't even know about, I'm hoping that I'm able to change that after being so negative for so many years, if that makes sense. Makes perfect sense. Like so good. And I think that this world, a lot of people ruminate on the negative. They ruminate and they hold on to what people did or said or cut them off in traffic. Like who cares? Let it go. They, they may be rushing to the hospital because somebody Mm -hmm. just got rushed and you're going to sit here and flick them off and just have it ruin your whole day. You know, and that's just like a small example. So I think that message that you just said is so powerful, Glenn, because a lot of us live in that negative cycle and we don't even know we're in it, you know? So it's like, and forgiving people too. I think that was a beautiful word that you said, because forgiveness sets you free, right? More than mm-hmm. it does even the other person who may not even know that they pissed you off. So mm-hmm. forgiveness is a big thing. So has that been a big theme the last 18 months for you? Subconsciously for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, following a lot of the awake spiritual people that I have the last 18 months, a lot of them have said openly that they pray for the people that are doing harm to kids. And I, I'm not there yet. Um, like, I don't know if I could, like you say, if someone harmed my daughter or harmed my mother, I don't know if I could forgive them. Right. Um, I wouldn't have constant anger, but I don't know if I'm there yet where I could forgive someone if they harmed my kid. Um, but I think eventually I'm going to have to progress to that stage as hard as it might be. Yeah. And I think it'll come in time. It's one of those things up the mountain that I think it'll just dissolve and fall away. I often think about that too, because I really don't hold resentments. I don't, I forgive people pretty easily. There's really not there. I don't, there, sometimes there's not even anything to be forgiven. It's just already gone and passed. But then I think if someone hurt like my mom or my dad, like 
could I forgive them? I don't know. I, I, so I'm at the same point as you. And I, I don't know if I could because of my attachment to them. That's where, you know, Buddha talks about the attachment a lot. And so does yoga. And I'm sure Christianity does too. It's our attachment to things, mm. but I'm like, I'm attached to my family. I don't know what you want me to do. I love them. Like, I don't know. I'm not, I'm just not there yet. Would I like to be there? I don't know. Maybe. Um, mm-hmm. But that's a big yeah. one. That is, I didn't even realize for so many years that I was like that though, mm-hmm. because when you're in your own head, you don't realize what's really going on. And, and so I think maybe that's how the Holy Spirit has transformed me mm-hmm. by making me aware that I was so negative, not serving people by not forgiving them and having constant hate and anger and resentment towards them. And maybe that's, even though I don't understand the magnitude of that, I think just the fact that I've let that go has been a massive release and helping me transform into this new person, if that makes sense. Yeah. This new person, this new vibration, this new everything. And Mm. I guess that leads into my question. Like how has discovering yourself really in the Bible and in, in your community, how is this transformed in like your life and home life and you as a person and a dad and a husband and, um, how's that kind of transformed? I need to be better at a lot of things, (laughs) but the primary one is communication Mm -hmm. with the people closest to me. Um, cause I'm a pretty, composed um i only talk when people talk to me kind of person like i'm not the life of a party at a social event let's just say i'm that guy sitting in the corner looking at my watch thinking when can i go home so (laughs) (laughs) um i think part of it is just talking more to people in my life that that matter Mm. um and not waiting for them to start a conversation with me. Like, I think that like having a deeper connection with people, um, appreciating the time I have with them, not looking at, okay, who, um, or the next appointment I might have, or someone else who I might see later that day, like just be where my feet are and like communicate with that person and giving them my full intention. Um, I, I've done that in business for years, extremely well, but when it comes to my home life and my friends, I often don't do that. Um, like it's a, it's a, it's a, cause I'm very good with putting on my game face, right. Or because I was a sprinter, you get in the starting blocks and you're waiting for the gun to go off to start the race. I was very good at like being in the moment then. And I can do that for my clients, but I find if I'm sitting at home and the football game's on and my wife or my kids talking to me, I have to turn the game off to give them my full attention. Like I can't sit and talk to them when football's on. Right. Which is strange, but maybe some, maybe a lot of guys are like that, but um, <laughs> I think I need to be better with that. Um, um, I don't know if that answers your question. Yeah. Yeah. Basically you said it's helped you become more present yeah. at home. Yes. Mm-hmm. Presence is that, that is the Holy spirit presence. It's the best thing that you could give anybody is your presence. And it's interesting how you were good at it with business because that's where you were achieving. That's where you were getting your validation before. Mm-hmm. And now it's kind of transposed into, oh, actually this really matters for the people who really matter. Mm-hmm. So presence is it. That's And that's the whole 
spiritual game, really. Like there's no fireworks. There's no thing that you reach. It's actually mm-hmm. right now in this moment is where that the, the destination is. Um, and so many people try to search and do all these things. I, I had an experience where, um, I took a little bit of plant medicine and I was going on a, a walk to try to, you know, discover this big thing and look at nature and all this stuff. And, you know, it was like a couple, two, two and a half hours. And I was like, man, nothing is really happening. Like I'm here, but I'm not like discovering myself or discover figuring out the universe. And I was sitting on this log, looking at the lake and all of a sudden every like time stopped in the, the lake was sparkling and this little duck comes floating by. And it was like stillness, just presence. And I was like, Oh, that's what this is about is that presence. And it was so not fireworks. So not like crying deep emotional thing. It was just now. And it was, I mean, and I just had this whole thing. I was all depressed because nothing was going on. And like, it was like, Oh, it's right here. If you just shut up for a second. (laughs) So presence is it. I think sometimes the messages we're taught come in the simplest forms. Yeah. Sometimes. Sometimes the good ones. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So is there any message that you have for, and this is kind of going to wrap us up here. Um, any messages that you have for people like pivoting a career or looking for spirit, kind of these big two chapters in your life that have been almost simultaneous, but I know that it's been a big journey for you. So people who are, you know, pivoting. I think the advice I would give someone who's around my age, maybe they need a career change or something, but if you're not enjoying the journey and a third of your day, because most people work eight, nine, 10 hours a day. So that's a third or more of your day. If you're not enjoying that and you're getting anger and resentment, you have to then do a self-check and analyze and figure out, okay, if this isn't serving me, obviously that negative energy is going to spill out when I go home. And now it's affecting your whole day and your whole life. And that's what I carried with me for at least five, six, seven years. Um, And I can tell you, it wasn't pleasant at home for a lot of it. Just because I'd bring that negative energy home and I would bring my problems home. And I would, um, if I was angry, I'd come home and I would like, even though I wasn't yelling at my wife, my my anger and, and sharing with her the crap of my day wasn't positive um so i i think for me the biggest thing that i i needed to change for me but i wanted to change for the people in my life and so being that i am a former athlete who's worked with athletes i wanted it to be something congruent and so I know that there's hundreds of millions of people that I could serve, but I don't want to serve everybody. I want to serve those that I guess were former athletes that are busy parents like me, that you got a lot going on, but you want to figure out a way to turn your health around. That to me resonated with me because there's dozens of people even on my street or on my block that I could help, but they may not resonate with my message. And so I think for a lot of people, they might, like I have three really good friends that were the groomsmen at my wedding. 
And once a year we get together and we golf and we hang out and we have a good time. But every year for the last 15 years, the main message I hear from them is they hate their jobs. They hate their careers. They're not happy with the journey and they're all around my age. And I was starting to become that guy. Mm -hmm. And so I had to make a change because I didn't want to go through the next 10 or 15 years with all that anger and resentment and hate and not enjoying the journey. And so I had to make a decision because I'd wrapped my identity around being a gym owner and around being a successful guy in my local community for helping kids get drafted and get recruited. When I knew I was going to give that up, probably for a few days or a few weeks, I felt that I was letting myself down by not continuing that. And I was letting other kids down that I couldn't work with in the future. But I had to realize, okay, I think God put me here to help people. And maybe it, maybe for the last 20 years, it was youth. Well, maybe for the next 20 years, it'll be middle-aged adults. But I think there's some reason why I'm on the path I'm on is to help people. Because I think for us, like for me anyway, and I think you might be aligned with this, is you know your body is the only place you have to live. And if you don't take care of it, like if you're feeding it trash and you never move and you never stretch and you never have spiritual practices, your body isn't going to be a great temple for you to live. And so I think for, for a lot of people that they don't associate their negative work life with that, they just think, oh, well, I'll go home and exercise or I'll go home and eat better tomorrow. And they don't ever make those changes. And they don't, they don't, they don't know how to um, connect those dots. And so I think to wrap up, and I know I'm, this is a long-winded answer, but I had to think about it because um, you gave me a good question. I didn't really have the answer on the tip of my tongue. I think if, if you can identify something that will make you happy, something you're good at, something you're passionate about, then you'll have that alignment and that congruency and it'll work out in the end. Um, I think that's, that's what's worked for me. It's, I, I've stuck with something that I know a lot about. I know I can help people and I'm happy doing it. So I think for me, that's the message it's, and I know that might not be easy. Maybe, maybe you're, you, maybe you're in a 10 year contract with your firm, or maybe you're a doctor and you want to get out of the corrupt medical system. I don't know, but maybe there's a way you can become a consultant, serve other people in a different way. I mean, I don't know that's, I guess that would be my, my answer. If I don't know if that answers your question, but it does perfectly, perfectly. Um, so I hear like awareness, become aware that you're feeling negative about your job and your position and then take accountability and start to pivot that and say, okay, I need to leave this because everything else around me is falling down. And then it's like pivoting, like not going so far from like fitness to law school. It, I mean, unless right. that's what you really want to do, but it's like, okay, fitness serving health in this way, but maybe I can serve health in this way to these people without mm -hmm. X, Y, and Z, um, so I really like that. Thank you. I think that's, I think that's a wonderful answer and it's, it's attainable. It's not something that's intimidating. It's like doable mm -hmm. right now in this moment, but it's like getting quiet and still enough to say, okay, what's not working. And then being brave enough to break up with that old version of you. Like you said, am I letting down the kids? Am I letting down the parents? Am I letting down my dream and the goals I've had for this gym and stuff? And I, I went through the same thing when I quit bodybuilding. 
I still kind of feel that sometimes like, oh, did I let down all these people on YouTube that were watching my journey and blah, blah, blah. But you have to be brave enough to break up with that, that side if it's causing angst. Um, I think that's a brilliant answer that you just said, because I had that for years. I don't know how long you had it for, but I had, I, in the back of my mind, I knew that eventually I couldn't keep doing what I was doing. Yeah. Right. Like an 18 year old kid can relate to a 30 year old strength coach that still looks in good shape and can still outlift them in the gym or out sprint them. But as I approach 50, I can't really relate with that 18 year old kid anymore. Who's going to go to college and be a number one draft pick like that. I'm just not there anymore. And so I think my mindset was, okay, it's time to move on. It's time to, it's time for me to help people in a different way now. Hmm. Yes, definitely. And I think about vibration too. And sometimes friends come into our life and then they leave our life and we don't really know why mm. for me, if it, it speaks to vibration, um, like the connection you and I have had for the last couple of years is because we're vibrating on the same frequency at some point and jobs and occupations and states that we live in do the same thing. So when we start to co come out of alignment, we start to feel that friction and that tension and that sort of negativity. Um, and either people will leave your life or your move across the country, or there'll be some big thing to lead you where you are vibrating. And it, it can be mm -hmm. really scary and life-threatening and foundation shaking. Um, it's just like trusting. Uh, and I want to say something about faith because I heard these two really cool quotes about faith and I want to share them with you. So the first one that hit me, I don't even, I think I heard it on, on a commercial or something, some show, but faith is a sword forged by the flame of infinity. Okay. Love that. Yeah. I thought about That's that for deep. Like weeks. Oh God. It's so mm -hmm. good. It was like weeks. I'm like, okay, why is it a sword? Because it cuts through anything, but from the fire of the infinite is your faith. And I was just like, oh, mm -hmm. sweet. And then the other one is um, faith is belief with no evidence. Yes. Isn't that cool? Yeah, I like that one too. So faith is kind of cool because you start to believe and trust and stuff that you can't see yet. And I think mm -hmm. having faith in a higher something that spills out into you have faith in your business, you have faith in your family, like that just starts to infiltrate everything. Mm -hmm. So those are the two quotes that I've been kind of mulling over in my head for the last couple of weeks. Mm -hmm. Can I be honest with you? I like that last one the most because what's helped me on my journey the last 18 months is having more faith in humanity. Oh, yeah. Because I used to think, with all the negativity in the world and all the destruction and bad things going on, I used to think, where are we headed? But now I I, I think the reverse. Like I think we're headed to a much better place mm -hmm. because there's more people aware and awake than ever before, I think. Yes. At yes. least that's what I'm seeing. That's that's what I'm feeling. That's what I'm seeing for sure. And isn't it interesting how we switch our perspective? And all of a sudden we see the whole world in a whole different light now. So now it's a, a utopia versus a dystopia future. Um, just by that little switch of faith. Mm -hmm. So beautiful. Mm, okay. Um, is there anything else that you want to say? I mean, how can people find you or work with you? Or if, you, if there's anything else that's like sitting on your heart, just let it. Because you've been on fire, Glenn. Well, thank you for saying that. I don't quite feel that way, but, um, dude, it's been so good. I, uh, right now, a lot of my clients are in my local area and 
my goal for 2023 is to expand to the United States. Like I think that I can serve a lot of people um, that are South of me. And so because health is universal and because Canada and the U S are very similar in cultures and lifestyle and everything else. I mean, yeah, we might talk a little bit different and our currency may be worth a little bit less, but other than that, we're pretty much the same. Um, and so I I'm on Facebook, Glenn Vergie, um, I just started a YouTube channel where I'm shooting videos weekly. Um, I really want to promote that, like giving away a ton of value and free advice for people because I think there's a lot that I can give people. Like people don't have to hire me to get value. I think that maybe they don't understand why sugar is detrimental to their health. So I, I go into detail about certain things or why they don't have to get on the Peloton bike and crash themselves for an hour drenched in sweat to help improve their health. So there's lots of things that people can get free online, but if people realize, okay, I need more than that. I, I need accountability. I do really want a coach or someone to help guide me, you know, then they can find me on social media. We can, we can get on a call or a zoom like this. We can connect and see if it's a good fit and then we can go from there. But um, yeah, I think, I think that's, that's all I wanted to say. Okay. So Facebook and YouTube and congrats on starting YouTube. I think that's a, I think that's wonderful. And it just speaks to that. You're not in a scarce mindset. A lot of people don't want to give away some information for free because they think that, well, then what are they going to pay me for? That's lack thinking exactly scarcity. And that's thinking people are going to steal your stuff again, scarcity. There's more than enough Mm -hmm. to go around. So I'm really, I'm really proud of you for that. I didn't know that. And I'll link to all your stuff, like the Facebook the YouTube channel, you know, whatever other links you might have so people can find you easily. Um, Thank you. I'll send them to you because I, to be honest with you, and this is bad from a marketing perspective, I don't even know what my own links are. Um, (laughs) So I'll have to find them and I'll send them to you. But yeah, thank you for that. Yeah, you're welcome. Mm -hmm. Glenn, this has been so good. I appreciate you thinking of me. I'm, And I'm actually honored that you invited me to be on your first podcast of the year. (sighs) I'm honored that you came. I was, I just had a feeling that you had some really good stuff inside of you that I wanted to talk about and get out. And, uh, the pleasure is all mine. No, I, I, I'm going to say double thank you because (laughs) sometimes in life, like honestly, when we met through a group zoom years ago, like I still keep in touch with, um, Sean from Oklahoma on there. Um, Hector sometimes on through social media um, and then yourself. And there's lots of people that I think are good, good people that there's a reason why we met and there's a reason why we've stayed connected. And I really do thank you for your time. And you've helped me just as much, if not more than some of my Christian friends, because you were open to letting me ask questions. Mm-hmm. Whereas some people, and and you never made me feel silly for asking or as i found some people in my life were questioning why i didn't understand certain things um on my spiritual journey and so i'm just happy that you were patient with me and helped me in a way that i could ask without feeling is that a silly question so um i really appreciate that because uh it made me feel more confident and i think it allowed me that space to find God, um, and, and to, to realize this is, this is, I'm on the right track. I'm on the right path. This feels good. 
So thank you for that. Right to the soul. <laughs> wow. <sighs> that feels really good to hear. Thank you. Mm. No, thank you. That's awesome. Well, I, um, if there's anything I can do for you and your audience, you let me know because you've helped me a ton today by letting me share my story. So you let me know if I can in return, give you help or value in any way. This has been, maybe we just do this again. Like I'm sure people are going to love this. So I think this organic conversation has been amazing, but if anything pops into my head, I will let you know, but honestly, just being friends with you has been just an amazing journey and I'm enjoying it. Well, you tell me if you think that your listeners, I mean, you have this background and expertise as well. So it's not like you can't help people with health too, but let me know if you want to do uh, a mock health <gasps> audit with someone, right? Like yeah. go through nutrition and exercise and stress management and spirituality. And how can we kind of dive in and help people? Cause you have just as much expertise in this area as I do. So I think like, that's kind of what I would like to do going forward is to like give as much value as I can to people, because what you and I practice is easy because it's become a habit, right? It's become our lifestyle. But a lot of people might think that walking or stretching or lifting on a daily basis is, is a chore and, and they don't know how they're going to fit in or they don't know how to eat right. Cause they don't know what carbs are good carbs. They don't know what protein is good. They think fats are bad still. And so they don't know these simple things that you and I take for granted. So, I mean, I'm more than happy just to do something like that, where, mm. you know, we bring on one of your listeners and they, they, they Q and a us on health um, or spirituality or something like that. Like that to me is something that I would love to do down the road. Once I get more, more comfortable, you know, in this space and doing podcasts, but um, and getting connected with other experts like yourself in this space. I think that's a great idea. I would love that. Maybe we do like a contest or something sure. <laughs> or like, yeah. you know, people can like write in or comment on this podcast and then I'll, I'll reach out to them and we can do like a three-way thing and just, mm -hmm. they can ask questions, we can answer and it'd be kind of fun to be in the health space. I don't, I don't operate there much anymore, but I do have a master's in exercise physiology that I forget about all the time. So I know some stuff I don't, you know, whatever. Um, but I'm sure I even have some questions for you too. So Glenn, amazing idea. Well, let's keep that in the background and see what transpires, but, um, okay. so good. Can't wait to do this again. Thank you for coming on and joining me for talking each other home and, uh, everybody out there. Thank you for your time and energy listening and hanging out with us. I appreciate you so much. Welcome to season two and I will see you on the next one. Peace. Hello, it's me again. <laughs> Thank you so much for making it all the way to the end of this podcast episode. I just wanted to take a moment to pay some gratitude to you for your time and energy. I know that our time is precious. And so I want you to know that every, every minute spent with me is really appreciated. And um, if the thought has ever crossed your mind on a way that you could give back to me and my channel and the content I create and the guests that I bring on, there are a couple ways. Um, if you're listening or watching on YouTube, you can like, please leave a comment or subscribe. 
And that energy just goes out and helps me and helps the channel, of course. And then also if you're listening on Spotify or any other kind of podcasting platform, you can leave a review or follow and subscribe. Five-star reviews are always greatly appreciated. But again, I want you to be authentic with it. And if you feel like it's a three-star show, you can leave that too. Um, your feedback helps me just as much, even if it's not all sunshine and rainbows. And the other thing is Patreon. I just started a Patreon um, because I would really like to cre keep creating this content. It does take time. It does take energy. Um, and it's all me. I do the editing. I do the recording. Everything is um, done by me, which is really awesome. And now I have Patreon. So maybe there's a way that, you know, there can be an even greater energy exchange here. And there's different tiers, which is really cool. And Two of the tiers actually offer time with me. So monthly we can meet on a group call and it's just for Patreon subscribers and donators. And then there's also one that's a one-on-one -on -one call with me each month. And that could be coaching, mentoring, just connection, friendship. Um, but either way, all of the different tiers and really even just on YouTube, Patreon excluded, I'm always loving to get requests from you, suggestions on different content. And I would love to give shout outs if I can. So if I see your name pop up on the Patreon account, um, I'll definitely shout you out and take your requests wherever they show up super seriously. So thank you for your time, for your energy and yeah, happy new year. I'll see you on the next episode.